I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Yo, check out the award-winning docuseries Elementary Genocide. This docuseries provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. This docuseries features Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Killer Mike, David Banner, Professor James Small, Kaba Kamene, and so many other people. Check out Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the latest installment. Elementary Genocide 3, The Academic Holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for the next episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And as you know, and our last and our previous podcast has been sponsored by the 7th Annual Ujama Fest. And today we have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. We have Kiomi, and she's going to be speaking about the festival and everything that is happening on this monumental date, which is December 23rd. That's a Saturday. Remember, all roads lead to Atlanta. So, Kiomi, how are you? Hey, I am fine. Peace and power to everybody listening. Thank you, Brother Raheem, for having me on the show. And like he said, all roads lead to Ujama Fest Saturday, December 23rd in the A in Atlanta. We'll see you guys there. And thank you for giving me the chance to even bump my gums about the event this Saturday. Oh, I am extremely excited because just knowing what the theme is alone I know it's going to resonate with a lot of people, and this is something that we need as African people. So now the theme is Cooperative Economic Expo. Yes. Right? So we're going to get right into it. We ain't going to waste no time. I want you to tell me what was the reason for you wanting to start the Ujama Fest, and seven years later... How did it become the traditional go-to event in Atlanta? Because everybody's talking about this event. Yes. Um, It started out initially by mistake. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. My husband is an entrepreneur. Uh, My whole crew and squad of people are small black business owners. So um, actually, eight years ago um, at our business, we decided, hey, 
People are out here in these streets spending money for the holidays. Why not do an event to encourage spending black? Um, what better way to do that to incorporate one of the principles of Kwanzaa, which is um, Ujamaa, which means cooperative economics. And I knew that principle was a part of Kwanzaa. Let's just do something called Ujamaa Fest. We invited some friends out. We hung out, had a great time. People spent money. Uh, the following year, so we had no intention initially for this being an ongoing uh, annual event. Our history is that my husband and I actually put on a film festival years prior to, and we said we would never do another big event. That's what we said. So we thought. Ancestors had a whole nother idea. Okay. Following year, we are visiting family in Florida. This is kind of pre-social media days. We get back. There are several messages. People are asking us, where was the event? There were notes on the door of our shop like, hey, where's the festival this year? And we realized that, you know, I think people was really digging that event. So we got to work for the following year, um, which was our second year slash third year. And we decided to have it at the Port of Sanford uh, Performing Arts Center. Not thinking that a whole lot of people would show up. But when my husband and I say we're going to do something, we go big or we go home. I would have been happy with maybe 100 people would have showed up to celebrate Kwanzaa and to spend Black. The event started at 1 o'clock. And, you know, typically, uh, organically, how melanated people move. If an event starts at 1 o'clock, you know, sometimes we're not really there at 1 o'clock, right? Uh, this particular event at 1 o'clock, there was already a line wrapped around uh, the building. And that is how Ujama Fest really, really, really started um, because that year it was packed um, and we've been doing it ever since. Um, so for seven years, we've actually provided a platform for Black-owned businesses. Um, we've had some businesses that have done their startup. They've actually launched their business at Ujama Fest. Um, we have businesses that travel. Um, we've had children, the youth that have actually had businesses there. We've had... Um, family members within the same family. So uh -huh. we've had a mom who started a business, um, launched it at Ujama Fest. Her daughter did the same thing, and then they have like a cousin that's doing it. So we're just excited to be able to be the um, launching pad for some startups, but then also to provide a platform for some of those existing um, Black-owned uh, business owners. Wow. Information like this that is not relatively available and that we don't know about, mm -hmm. like you just went down a whole list of family lineage yes. of everybody mm -hmm. starting their business at the Ujama Fest. Now, in the beginning, you said that you started this by mistake. Yeah. I want to correct you because <laughs> nothing is a mistake. Everything it sounds like, yeah, yes. this was divine <laughs> intervention from the yes. ancestors. Mm -hmm. So, I want you to tell everybody because this is something that I just recently learned about. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to act like I know it all, but. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I want you to tell us about the Economic Heritage Fund. Yes. So um, we live in Atlanta. The event is based in Atlanta. Um, and we know our neighborhoods are changing. Our neighborhoods are changing in Atlanta. They're changing in Brooklyn. They're changing in D.C. They're changing in Detroit. 
Oakland, right? So um, sometimes with that change or shift, some of those existing businesses or some of those that flavor, that major neighborhood is at risk sometimes for displacement or gentrification. Because we are Black-owned business owners and we're seeing uh, things that are happening in Atlanta, one of the things with Ujama Fest as we're growing, we, we want to always make sure that we're doing an event that people are coming out having a great time, but then we're also leaving with some tangible things. Um, we also kind of want to be something beyond an armchair activist, right? So um, one of the things that we do know, um, we have small business owners in Atlanta that are at risk for displacement because of development of the stadium, development of the Beltline. What could we do? So we wanted to establish this um, economic heritage uh, small business pitch where we would allow um, Black-owned business owners within the existing uh, brick and mortar shop to come before a community of judges and do this business pitch. Um, within that business pitch, you'll have the opportunity or that business owner has the opportunity to come before a community of peers, talk about their business, business and compete for $1,000. We did not make any stipulations on it. So if a person wants to pay back rent, if they want to hire someone, they want to get additional equipment, $1,000 to sustain your business. The reason that we focus on an existing uh, brick and mortar business, because there's a lot of emphasis on startup um, in Atlanta, which is, you know, startup across, you know, um, across the world. And that's not a, you know, the bad idea. When we were starting up, I would have loved to have had a little extra stack sitting there. But if we really want to talk about um, in the spirit of Kwanzaa, in the spirit of cooperative economics, there's already an existing Black Wall Street in every hood USA. Um, so those mom and pop businesses that may not be tech savvy, you know, you got your favorite wing spot, your favorite vegan spot, your favorite, you know, barbershop that are, you know, integral pieces in our neighborhoods. Um, and sometimes they don't get, um, but those businesses are the most at risk um, just because they're necessarily not on Google. Um, they may not have their, their lease agreement might be a handshake deal that they did like 15 years ago. So we just want to see what we could do to try and help um, stop some of that. And the businesses that are coming before us would have the opportunity to do that business pitch. They could use it for legal fees, um, consulting, um, anything. So in the spirit of Kwanzaa, in the spirit of giving back, an example to our children, um, the spirit of Ubuntu, um, we want to make sure that we are collectively, it's that old saying, if you win, I win, Absolutely. right? Your success is my success. So, and that's the spirit of our economic heritage, small business pitch. Now, last year, mm -hmm. I came, and it was a very monumental event. You had it out in Decatur. Yes. And that was at the... Porter Sanford Performing Arts Center. Now, this year, y'all doing it a little different. You have yes. a new location. Mm -hmm. So, we we bringing it to the A. We are coming to Atlanta and City Hall, uh, the atrium of City Hall, which, you know, a little extra note uh, for those Black Panther fans of the movie. There's a couple of scenes where the movie Black Panther that's coming out in February was actually shot in City Hall. So 55 Trinity Avenue, come on out. Um, there's a parking deck across the street. It's $4 a park. Um, we will also have, oh yeah, all day. That's my husband in the background, all day. We will also have a complimentary ride share tent. So if you do take Lyft or Uber, we're going to have a tent that when you get dropped off, they'll know where to drop you off. And if you're getting picked up, they'll know where to pick you up. 
Um, and so we brought it to Atlanta because, again, Atlanta is shifting. There are a lot of things that are happening. DeKalb County definitely has its challenges, but we are literally seeing the face and the culture of Atlanta shifting. So we wanted to bring it to Atlanta because we know there are some immediate needs here. Um, and then also to find something that's a little bit centrally located. So it's right off. It's more accessible for the train. It's more accessible to take the bus. It's more accessible. And it's right in the city, you know, in City Hall. We'll throw some sage up in that piece, you know, that drumming. Hopefully it'll have some little lingering effects, you know, for us. So um, we're really excited. Um, and we do have a couple of partnerships with some of the city council people, Andre Dickens, uh, Cleta Winslow, uh, C.T. Martin, Kwanzaa Hall, that have made it possible for us to uh, be in that space. All right. This is going to be your seventh annual Ujama Fest. And from what I can see, this is something that, is going to be ongoing and there's no slowing down with mm-hmm. you. So my next question is, where do you see the Ujama Fest in the next 10 years? Oh, in the next 10 years, our oldest daughter, who is 16 now, will be 26. So, I mean, I don't, can I, I don't know if I could cuss on your show, but that yeah. shit going to be phenomenal. When she take it over at 26, um, right now our 16-year-old daughter is um, our content creator for um, Ujama Fest. So, she actually runs the social media campaign um, for the Ujama Fest page. Um, but 10 years from now, um, we want to be able to have that proper succession plan. So, um, when there is a business, when there is... Um, an idea. Uh, there's a higher percentage. If I have a business and you're my son and I pass it down to you, mm-hmm. there's an actually like an 80% failure rate of you just dwindling the business. So Why is that? Um, I think because you forget to talk about the plan with your children, right? So if you mm-hmm. think about it, Madam C.J. Walker, her wealth only lasted one generation. Yeah, right. She passed her fortune down to her child. And then like to this day, there's still like uh, descendants of Madam C.J. Walker, but are not benefiting from all that wealth. Mm-hmm. So I think you don't have specific questions, uh, conversations, and dialogue. So we are already having those conversations with our daughter right now about the three businesses that she will inherit and what's necessary. So great. You want to go to college? Great. I'm going to need you to study marketing, right? Like we're not going to college to study philosophy right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that ain't really what we about because you got three businesses you got to take over, right? right? So the succession plan is creating a succession plan or to talk about why they think there's a failure. I think sometimes... Um, Black business owners, we are um, feeling good about our success and we want to give our children everything, which they definitely should have, but we just forget about looking at what the strengths of our children are and their personalities. If you have four kids, out of those four kids, three of them might not be the best at running a business, right? But you really need to, from a very young age, talk about entrepreneurship, talk about that this is your business. Right now, with my daughter being 16, we're having very serious conversations about your business, Mm. the position that you're going to have. Mm. Like, we only got, we've been we've been grinding me and her dad for a long time. I only got a few more years of this grind, right? At this pace and this level. Yeah. So having really true, serious conversations, 
asking her what are her thoughts. They are decisions that we make now for the Ujama Fest, um, for our other businesses that we actually ask for her input. And there's some pretty dynamic ideas. Um, we don't just kind of, you know, shun her away because of her age. But 10 years from now, it's going to be dynamic because our daughter will be 26. Uh, she will officially be running the business, um, running the Ujama Fest. But um, 10 years from now, I would love for us to be able to give uh $1,000 to 10 businesses. I would love for us to be able to have a scholarship fund um, to be able to help a child who's already in college stay in college. Uh, I would love to be able to have some money established for, um, you know, a brother or sister that is um, re-entering, you know, from the prison um, community back into, um, you know, back the other re-entry. Because I think that there's an opportunity there just to establish, again, the funds and the capital. When you first get out, there's not, you know, a lot of resources that are there. So there are a couple of things that would kind of go along the principles of um, Kwanzaa and um, Jama that we can definitely incorporate. But 10 years from now, I would love to be, I'll be sitting beside you, Raheem, just looking and taking it all in 10 years from now. Yeah, 10 years from now, they're going to be calling me Baba. Yeah. <laughs> And we're gonna be watching the young dude. We are, we are. <laughs> now you talked about passing your legacy down to your children. Yes. Um, my next question is how are you guys showcasing Kawanza to the children? And what can the youth that come out, what can they expect to learn or to benefit? from this event. Very Saturday. good question. Um, so of course we always incorporate some of those um, traditional things that are traditional uh, practices of, of Kwanzaa. So we have our children um, introduce the Kanara, the principles, um, the symbols of Kwanzaa. And we've done it every year. We always have um, drummers and performances. Um, but because like I said earlier that I'm talking to my children, I'm understanding um, our children's um, level of intelligence with technology. Mm-hmm. And so this year, we incorporated quoting, coding. We have Kwanzaa coding, uh, coding at Kwanzaa, Drama Fest, totally free of charge. Um, we reached out to the community to figure out who could come. And we found a sister that actually works for a tech company. She's coming. The baby's just got to bring their laptop. Um, and they've already pre-registered for the class. And they're going to get coding that's for free. Um, wow. Now, I'm not saying they're going to walk out and, you know, know it. But at least it introduces them to that. And then even in our cultural, you know, melanated communities, we can't be afraid of that technology. They already know it, right? It's already in their DNA. Their youth activities, the sister Akua is going to to do um, some children's storytelling. Um, her books have, you know, reflections of your babies in those books. Um, their interactive art activities. Uh, Michaela comes in from Unspoken Word Designs. Every year she has dynamic um, activities for the kids. Um, and then also an opportunity, you know, for your babies, maybe you and your child want to sit, sit in on some of those financial literacy classes. We do have that in some small business classes as well, too. Now, these are some of my takeaways from our conversation. Yes. This event, family, this event is at a centrally located mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a ride share yes. with Uber or Lyft. Yes. So people can come out and they can feel comfortable. You ain't mm-hmm. got to be stuck in traffic, mm-hmm. looking for a parking space. Yep. There's parking. There's a parking deck that's right there. Yeah. This is a family-friendly event. This is in Atlanta. Yes. 
And it's the 7th Annual Ujama Fest. There's no reason why y'all shouldn't come out. Community, let's go out. Let's support this sister. I will be there. Nice, nice, nice. And um, and I hope to see anybody else there. Um, If anybody want to yes. get in contact with you personally, how can yes. they... Uh, learn more about this event. The best way media? is uh, Ujama Fest on Instagram and on Facebook, U-J-A-M-A-A-F-E-S-T. Um, and then they can also go to our website as well, which is, you know, UjamaFest.com. Again, the same thing, U-J-A-M-A-A-F-E-S-T. Or we still taking phone calls, y'all. Y'all can call us, 678 632 uh, 678-632-2597. Um, but hit us up on Instagram, the Facebook, um, and I want to see you. And when I see you there, pull me aside and tell me that you heard me on uh, Raheem's show. So that way I could take a picture and we could tag this brother for making sure that he has his weekly commitment to peace and power to the community and to the people. Absolutely, absolutely. So in closing, is there anything that I didn't ask you, I should have asked you, or anything you want to say in your last closing words? Um, My last closing words are to end 2017 in a space where you see Black excellence, where you are able to commune with a beautiful sea of people that look like you and your children. Um, I would say also take this moment to kind of reflect on what you have experienced in 2017 and to go ahead and start creating that strategy for 2018. There are some dynamic panel discussions to help move you forward in the following year to get you uh, out of that plantation and to be emancipated into uh, entrepreneurship. So uh, I want you guys to take advantage of that and then to also showcase um, to your children the power of the black dollar. When you walk into that space, give your baby $10 for your baby to go and select or $20 to go and select a business a business they want to spend money with. So that child understands that power of that exchange of currency. Talk about why you selected that business, get that business owner's um, name. But there's so much power that exists in that space from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Come out um, take a picture, tag somebody. But what I want you to walk away with is knowing that we're not new to this in terms of entrepreneurship. Black Wall Street exists, every hood USA. It just depends on what your commitment is. And you have the opportunity to support over 40 different Black-owned businesses. All right. You heard it here first on Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I'm your host, Raheem Shabazz. And in my last closing words... I want to give a shout out to my man Mark Echo over here just chilling. <laughs> All right, y'all. We see y'all same place, same time next week. Peace and power, black Peace family. Peace and power. Are you an entertainer or are you a committed person to black people? I'm so glad you asked that question. I believe that the liberation and salvation of the black nation must be brought about by black people gaining a thorough knowledge of self after our 500 to 6,000 year holocaust where we have lost over 600 million. And so I believe that that education process must be a process of two steps, inspiration and information. So I seriously give 
information, but black people are a people of rhythm and spirit, so I also do. 